0: Okay, we're on John chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 5. We're going to study today uh, the great teaching of Jesus about the vine and the branches, one of the great metaphors that Jesus lays out. Again, one of the great seven I am statements uh, in which Jesus effectively tells us he's God. He is God. He is equal with God the Father. Uh, And this is one of the very special teachings in, in the Gospel of John. And in some ways is misunderstood. And I'm going to hope to give you a different perspective on that today. You can follow along with me following in verse 1. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Pretty straightforward, as Jesus teaches us. And so Jesus is telling us, in very simple terms, that he is the vine, he is the very life-giving vine that connects us with God the Father, Uh, and that we are the branches. And the key to our life with, with the Lord and with God is fruitfulness. That's the key to our Christian life. God wants to see fruitfulness in our lives. And so this whole lesson is about what God will do what he will put us through, what, how he will prune us and, and prepare us for greater service uh, and as in that role. And so we're going to spend the rest of this morning studying that very issue. And this is, point, this is the first point of the I am statement. The obvious emphasis is on I am, I am God. I am God. I am the only way to God the Father. Uh, and it says here the true vine, and this is interesting because... Effectively, what he's saying is it's a juxtaposition of the vine of Jesus Christ with the vine of Israel. Now, this isn't the first time that the term vine is used in the Bible. In fact, it is used most often in terms of describing Israel. Israel was meant to be the vine. God called Israel to be the vine, meaning what? Israel was supposed to be the evangelistic missionaries of God the Father. They were supposed to be, effectively, take what Jesus was bringing to the world and bring that message to the world. Now, we know that they failed to do that. And so what I want you to do is I want you to see a couple of verses that relate to how God looked at the vine of Israel. Uh, And and even today, the symbol of Israel is still the vine. Uh, If you go there in Israel... I'm told that on, on, many bank, on many buildings, you will see the vine, which is effectively the national symbol of Israel. We'll turn to Isaiah chapter 5. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1. I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hill. Now look at verse 2. Uh, he dug it up and cleared it of stones And planted it with the choicest vines. He's speaking here now. God is speaking here through the prophet about his relationship with Israel. Now verse 7. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the house of Israel. And the men of Judah are the garden of his delight. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed. For righteousness, but heard cries of distress. So what does that mean? It means that it, that this prized vineyard that God planted in Israel, the covenant, the chosen people, failed in, in their call of God, failed. And so, when you when God calls us and He gives us special privileges and we fail, there's a penalty. Turn to Jeremiah chapter two. Jeremiah chapter two, verse twenty-one. I had planted you like a choice vine of sound and reliable stock. How then did you turn against me into a corrupt, wild vine? Wow. Pretty, pretty serious indictment, isn't it? Pretty serious indictment. And that is why in this reading, Jesus will call himself the true vine. Not the failed vine uh, of Israel, but the true vine. Uh, And so this is important to understand this as it distinguishes Jesus from the degenerate state that Israel had fallen itself into. And in fact, in fact, uh, when you look at the branches that are being cast out on the vine, I believe it's referring, in my position, I believe it's referring to Israel. All right? I think it's referring to Israel, meaning people that thought they were connected to God, yet in fact they were not connected to God. Uh, And so uh, in scripture, Jesus is referred in Isaiah also as a tender plant. So he is the one, the very one who through the very nature of his life connects us to the Father, the very vine through which all of life flows, through life eternal and all the fruit of the Spirit flows. It is through Jesus. Uh, And so as we read these verses, there are two things that we see here in these verses that the Father is said to do in his care of the vine. Uh, The first thing it says is that he cuts off every branch that does not bear fruit. Now, historically, the churches have read that to mean uh, people who say they are Christians but are not Christians. Uh, And so uh, God is cutting off people who say they are Christians and are not really Christians. I actually don't believe that this is the, the first way to interpret this verse in these verses. And I'll tell you why. You have to read it in the context of who Jesus is speaking to. He's speaking to the 11 apostles. All right. He's speaking to the 11 because at this point, I believe Judas has already separated himself or will separate himself momentarily. And so instead, God is referring to the fact that the 11, uh, are going to be pruned. They'll be pruned that God will, will work on them and make them even stronger in their call to Christ. Uh, He's also saying here that the branches that are being cut off are the, those in Israel, the religious elite, the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, the scribes, those who believe that they had a, already a preeminent relationship with God, who in fact had no relationship with God. Because when Jesus Christ came as the Son of God, they repudiated him and ultimately murdered him. And so they are being referred to as the branches that are being cut off. That they are not connected to the true vine. If you're not connected to the true vine, God is not interested in seeing uh, the sustenance of you continue. And so you understand this. And so uh, this is an understood uh, verse, I believe. And so the essence of what's going on here is God is pruning away the dead branches. The dead branches in our lives. That we all have dead branches in our lives. How many of us have, have uh, habits and characteristics and lust uh, and, and issues relating to the world that separate us from the love of Jesus Christ? That keep us from developing the fruit of the Spirit? We're all in this. Every one of us. There's not one of us here that doesn't have these issues. And so God knows that and he loves us. And Jesus is saying to the apostles here, you are already clean. Meaning what? You're already saved. You're saved. You're going to heaven. You're going to be with God the Father. But you still need pruning. You still need daily washing, just as we learned when Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. Just because you're saved, it doesn't mean it's an end to our journey. It's a beginning is what it is. Our Christian life is a walk and in that walk, this is what God wants. He wants you to wash and repent and ask God to forgive you. And he wants you to see these issues in your life that cry out for change, that cry out for pruning. Uh, and so um, as I wrote this uh, study and I, and I reviewed uh, several commentaries, one of the things I learned as I did this is that the Greek word used uh, in this section, meaning uh, cutting off or throwing out the branches, casting the branches out. Uh, 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 That verse that said that they are thrown into the fire and burned, that verse, that set of verses. The Greek word used in this sense has four basic meanings. All right? So the Greek word describing that process has four meanings. The first and preeminent meaning uh, is to lift up or pick up. You understand that? Lift up or pick up. Uh, uh, Then the second one is to lift up through your eyes or voice. The the other one is to carry away. And the last one is to remove. But the, the translators in the Bible have chosen the fourth aspect of this verb, meaning to remove and throw out. However, the verb makes better sense, literally. Makes better sense if you understand he's speaking to the apostles. He's speaking to the 11 who are going to go out now and write the New Testament, write write effectively the, the rest of the Bible, go out and present the gospel of Jesus Christ. It makes better sense if the sequence is used in the primary sense, meaning that God lifts up the vines. Why do I say that? Because the vines are not meant to be on the ground. You can't bear fruit if you're lying on the ground. All right? I didn't understand this until I studied this more. That that when you look at at fruit, grapevines, the grapevines, the the fruit rots on the ground. It does not sustain itself on the ground. The vines have to be lifted up. And God is speaking to the 11 apostles. He's speaking to his disciples. He's speaking to you today. And he's saying to you, I want to lift you up. I I want you to be more fruitful. And the other thing that I learned as I studied this, which I did not realize, that gardeners will trim these vines significantly for the first four years. To the extent that they will cut off fruit. They will actually cut off developing fruit in the first four years. Why? Because they have determined that the only way that the vine can really reproduce is if it is trimmed drastically through the first four years of its life. They're not interested in leaves. You understand? They're not interested in... In, in the beauty of the vine, they're interested in the fruit. Isn't that an amazing analogy for you? All right. In other words, you're not in, God's not interested in you posing as a Christian. You understand? Your public posture as a Christian. He's not interested in that. He's interested in the actual fruit of your life. And what does that mean? He's going to prune us. All right? And that is not a pleasurable experience. Okay? It's not a pleasurable experience. It means that you will go through difficult times. You're going to go through persecution. You're going to go through suffering because God is in charge of your life. You've committed yourself to him. He's the master of your life. And so now as the master of your life, he is going to enable you to be a fruit-bearing Christian to the highest degree that he has called you. And in order to do that, he has recognized that he's got to cut away some of the branches in our life. And for some of us, that's a lot of trimming, okay? And I can speak to myself. I can speak to myself, all right? There's a lot that has to be cut away. Uh, Even when you don't think that there's much more to be cut, there's much more to be cut. Because God wants you to be the most humble, submissive person in his will to go where he wants you to go, to have the call of God on your life. And so this image has really never struck me as strongly as it is now, as I see God lifting up the branches. You know, we were taught in Sunday school that God is just snapping branches off, right? Just snapping them off and throwing them into the fire. It's not really that way. He's speaking to people that are saved. Israel is lost. Israel is not going to accept Jesus Christ. All right, Judas Iscariot did not accept Jesus Christ. And in that extent, those branches are going to be cut off. But for the rest of us who are serving God, this is, the, this is the lesson. I'm lifting you up. I love you. I care about you. I love you so much. I want you to be the most fruitful, varying branch that you can possibly be. Now it makes more sense, doesn't it? It's, instead of understanding the heart of God, how God wants us to live, Uh, And so really, uh, the emphasis here is on the gardener, God, doing the pruning, keeping you within the branch of Jesus Christ, and so as you, uh, the vine of Jesus Christ, so as you understand this juxtaposition of, of the branches and the vine, you see our position with God, this is how God looks at you, you are either in the vine or not on the vine, all right, I was with some people over the weekend who, who were not Christians. Um, and one is a good person, considers himself a Christian. Uh, and we listened to my broadcast, even in California, we listened to it. Uh, and then he turned to me and, I, and he said to me, well, you know, I disagree with you. I think there are a thousand ways to God. And I said to this dear person, I said, uh, you're, you're Roman Catholic, I said. Is that position square with the theology of the, of the Roman church? Well, he's, he's, you know, he squealed around a little bit for 30 seconds, but then he admitted, no, it does not. That's right. That theology is not consistent with the theology of the Roman church. It is not. They understand full well that the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. That's what the theology says, and I said it again to this person. You're wrong. You're wrong. And... and, and uh, While I was doing it, I was trying to speak to this person's wife who's Jewish. And she listened to the broadcast and it was about the case for Christ. And when she got done listening to the broadcast, she had tears in her eyes and said to me, nobody ever told me that before. Nobody ever told me that before. How can you be Jewish and be raised Jewish and go to a synagogue and never be told this before about the Messiah, even if you don't accept that it's Jesus Christ? But go back and look. Read, what does it say about what the Messiah will be, who he will be, how he will come? Nobody ever told me that before. You see why that's the important call on your life? You understand that this is the important call on your life, that everything that God is doing, all the pruning, all the cutting, all the lifting up is for those moments in time when God will expect you to bear fruit and represent him to a world that is lost. That is why these lessons are so critical and you understand it. What God is saying about us. That's why he has such great plans for us. And he wants us to bear fruit. Because if we don't bear fruit, then you know what? We're not really a Christian. If you're not bearing fruit, we can't be within the vine of Jesus Christ. But if you are within the vine of Jesus Christ, then there is no other way. No other way than than to have, have fruit cared for. And so as you, as you understand this, you see that, G, that God lifts up the branches and carefully cleanses the vine. He cleanses it. He takes off the parasites. He cuts off those aspects of the branch that are not helpful, that are not creating fruit. He's not interested in leaves. He's not interested in public ornamentation. You get me? You know? Oh, look at the leaves on that vine. Oh, it's such a pretty vine. Oh, yeah, I'm drawn to that vine, yet there's not a single piece of fruit on that vine. God repudiates that. God repudiates that. That's the lesson, That's the lesson for us today as we study this, this powerful message from Jesus. And so he cuts off all of the unproductive elements and he's doing it as he's doing that. God is lifting the Christian closer to him. That's the whole point. This, this metaphor really relates to the world how we have to view ourselves with Jesus Christ. There's no way to have eternal life other than being connected to the vine. No way. No other way. No other plan. No other person. No other person. This gentleman said to to my wife as I was discussing this, he goes, well, what if I'm right and you're wrong? And Linda says, the better question is, what if we're right and you're wrong? And that kind of stopped him dead in his tracks, okay? Stopped him dead in his tracks, Uh, And so those are the kind of messages that we have to see. And that's the whole point of this. That's the whole point of understanding the branches in the vine. And so here the message was, as Jesus is giving his message to his disciples, letting them know that there would be many in Israel who would not be connected to the vine. And those branches, as they repudiated Jesus Christ, you repudiate Jesus Christ, you're going nowhere. What do you want me to say? Do you want me to come up with a happy story? All right. You want me to come up with a happy story, this individual said to me. Well, yes, but I still believe that you can can confess Jesus on your deathbed. Yeah, you can. Yes, but isn't the better way to confess him during your life so that you can bear fruit for him in this life so that you can have the kind of life he wants? Instead, when you go to see him and he'll look at you and he'll say, Oh, John, I had such great plans for you. Such great plans for you. What do you, you see? We, we concoct these excuses in order not to submit. Don't you understand what this is about? That's basically what, this, what, what the life is of the non believer, the intellectual. You understand. The person who has really found, found a million reasons why I can't accept the Bible, I can't accept scripture, I cannot believe that there's only one way. It's too restrictive, it's too restrictive for your puny mind. Because you've repudiated God himself. And you will not submit. And you will not bow to God. You want to bow to your own mind. You're worshiping yourself. You understand? You're worshiping yourself. Not worshiping God the Father. And so uh, you understand this. And so this, this whole idea of pruning and cutting And removing the branches of our lives speaks in broad spiritual terms to us. Uh, It means to have all our bad habits stripped away. It means to have our priorities reordered and our values changed. Do you remember? Do you remember in your life, and for many of us, it wasn't so many years ago, that come Sunday morning, you would groan, Oh, Sunday, I guess I'll go to church. I know my mother and father will expect me to be there. I got aunts and uncles. I'll go to church, all right? But there was no joy in your life. You were going to church because you were doing it out of habit. You know what? Better to stay home. Seriously, get more rest. You'll be less nasty and offensive. <laughs> stay home. But when you understand that your priorities in life have changed, that God has given you eternal life, And you understand that the very fruitfulness of your life is connected to you being within the vine of Jesus Christ. You can't wait to come to church. You can't wait to come here and be in a Bible study. You can't wait to be with the friends that love you and surround you. You see how your priorities have changed? If I told you this 10, 15 years ago, you would have laughed at me. Just like if you told me I'd be teaching a class, I would have laughed at you. You understand? But my priorities in life have changed. I don't care anymore about golf. Really. I hardly play it at all. I don't care anymore about going out on my boat. I can't remember the last time I went out on it. Those were important things to me a few years ago. But you know what? Not anymore. And I'm not bragging. There's nothing to brag about. I put my face in the dust that God gave us the privilege to love each other and to love him. What a privilege God has given us. And you see it in this message and understanding really about the vine and the branches, about where we will ha- go, how we, how we will do this. And so this is, this is important for us to understand and, and, to, and to do this. Um, and, and God made it very clear. God made it very clear uh, about the branches uh, and uh, professing but not having faith. Turn to John chapter 13. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. So you understand that. Look also at Matthew chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3, verse 7. This is Jesus. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to him where he was baptizing, this is, uh, excuse me, John the Baptist, he said to them, you brood of vipers. How about that? You think he minced words? You brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Gotta love this guy. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. There it is, folks. Let me see the fruit in your life. Not the robe you're carrying or the position that you're carrying because you're a big shot in the temple or you're in the Sanhedrin. Your position in the Sanhedrin is not getting you to heaven. right? And do not think you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children of Abraham. Oh man, this guy got it, didn't he? All right? Don't sit here and tell me about your spiritual legacy. I'm not interested if your grandfather was a Christian or your father was a missionary. Where are you? Whose passport are you living on? You understand what I'm saying, folks? As he's indicting the Jewish elite, and this is all tied into the same parable. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Oh, Lord. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Uh, I, I mean, you see this. You see the powerful aspect of this. Look also, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the very fruitfulness that God is calling you to do. There's the essence of of the fruit to speak the way God wants you to speak with the power. Uh, And and, uh, really the essence of that is found in Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he hath before ordained. I'm giving it to you right out of the King James Version. Which my grandfather drilled into my head when I was 14 years old. <laughs> Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship. The very workmanship of Jesus Christ. The call of God on your life. Connecting you to the vine forever and ever. To be the kind of branch that he wants you to be. For his workmanship. Called by Jesus Christ. with Which he has before ordained. Meaning what? Meaning before you were created in the book of life, God had predetermined and ordained the good works that you would do. Amen. You understand that? all right? Whatever it is in your life, he had your name and he had down there this, this, and this. And so this is a powerful, powerful set of verses here. Understanding what God wants you to do and what God wants you to be. And I hope today that this will resonate in your life for the rest of today and the rest of this week until we come back next week to continue this study. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the words that you've given us. Lord, I thank you for the encouragement. Lord, I thank you, Father, that we can be branches connected into the vine of Jesus Christ. Lord, give us a further understanding of what it means to be in the vine and how even when we go through difficult things, even, Lord, sickness and difficulties And loss is all part of the pruning process, Father. We don't want to go through it. But you see better than we do. You have a life outline for us that's far better than the life we can even dream of. So, Father, help us, encourage us to see this. Give us a spiritual vision that allows us to see with clarity what you're doing for us. And help us, Lord, to draw closer to you in every way to have the kind of fruitfulness that you want us to have. Be with our people. Bless them. Protect them. Be with them this week and bring them back safely next week to continue the study of your word. We put all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.